Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. Lindsey Brown, she is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio holding it down for one more hour on this Friday. Been having some really good guests on the show. Mike Giardi started us off. We've talked to Charles Davis from NFL Network, and we just wrapped up with Sheena Quick talking all things Carolina Panthers. Just when Wendy hit us up on Twitter, great afternoon show, Raider Nation Radio. While I'm running around town buying Easter candy for the grandkids and me, love hearing the straight shooter, uh, Sheena Quick, tell it like it is. Will Levis is a no-no. And great to hear our Vegas goalie, Lindsey Brown. Oh, so wow. Go. The goalie. There you go. Thanks, Justin Wendy. We're a huge fan of yours. There you go. Look, you become a big fan of everyone that gives you a compliment. Damn huh? right I do. you damn right. If they got nice things to say about me, I got nice things to say back. And if they don't, uh, silence can meet them wherever. There you go. There. Hey, look, man, you, you got to take the small victories when you can get them, right? Oh, yeah. We may have egos in this business, but knowing uh, uh, at least my makeup, the, the inside of the head will bring you back down, so – Right. Always good to get it from outside sources. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, of course, we've been uh, having a lot of really good conversations between the guests and, of course, Raider Nation as well, 702-365-9200. And it's funny. I've been seeing all these different reports, and it's just – it's so funny. We talked earlier, Lindsay, about the fact that uh, Will Levis is not – is just not being talked about that much. And at some point, as Charles Davis pointed out, he thinks he'll come back before the draft actually happens. Then – I saw this update from James Palmer from also from NFL Network, and he said there is a gap between the top two quarterbacks in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Then Hooker slides between them and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. So hmm. Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN, the former GM of the Jets, he's now just an analyst on ESPN, he said earlier, probably like a week ago or so, that Hendon Hooker is going to go in the top five. Hendon Hooker is one heck of a quarterback out of Tennessee, but he tore his ACL at the end of the college football season, and he probably would have been a Heisman Trophy finalist if he hadn't torn his ACL. Mm -hmm. There's questions about the system that he came from. I don't see Hendon Hooker as a top-five quarterback. Doesn't mean that I know what I'm talking about. I like to believe that I do, but doesn't mean that I'm inside the head of any of these GMs or coaches, so maybe they're seeing something that I don't. I just don't – I find it hard to believe that Hendon Hooker would go – off the board before Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. That's yeah. maybe maybe not Will Levis if it's a team that has an opportunity to let Hendon Hooker just sit and, and get healthy and be ready. But I don't know, with all the hype that Anthony Richardson has right now, and look, it's only April seventh, I just it it'd be hard for me to see Hendon Hooker go top five or even top ten. It would be a hell of a gamble to to put it all on a, on a top guy who's just coming off of a big injury like that. And we've seen that in other players, but it's different when it's a quarterback. And it's nothing against the the kid in general because I'm sure he he's a great quarterback and he's going to have a, a great career. But we know just based off of timing with front offices. I mean, Carolina's working with a little bit of slack, right? Because they got new coach, new right. front office. You know, we we probably so have at Houston. least one quarter. Yeah, exactly. Houston's got a new coach. We we yep. have at least one quarterback that we can probably fail with before we start to really get ourselves into hot water. But as we've talked about in terms of, well, uh, Will Levis has fallen back in terms of conversation because we've talked more about Hendon Hooker. And I could say, well, Anthony Richardson's probably a, a benefactor of that boost as well in terms of just how much buzz there's been around him this week. You know, it's interesting. You know, this update goes on to say plenty of NFL teams have Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker ranked as the third quarterback prospect in the 2023 NFL Draft. And look, again, it's draft season. 
a.k.a. it's lion season. So there's a lot of information that's going to be misdirection. There's a lot of information that's thrown out there that's going to try to uh, throw some teams off the scent, and maybe guys are, teams are, are hoping that a certain guy will drop a little bit. Like the Raiders, like I said, I think that there will no doubt about it if C.J. Stroud or, or, or Bryce Young happen to be there at number three, I think that they would, they would pick up the phone quick, fast, and hurry and call Arizona and, and see what it takes. And honestly, I'll say this, I think they already know what it takes. I think, and, and this is just me, again, this is just gut feeling, this is coming from nowhere, but, but what I believe, I think Dave Ziegler is smart enough to have already picked up the phone, and I believe this is what front, smart front offices do, pick up the phone and say, okay, what's it going to take? If we were interested in moving up to number three from number seven, what would, what would it take? And already have kind of a little bit of a gauge as far as the – you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. this, is, this is what we're looking for at number, uh, number three. And obviously that doesn't mean that if the Raiders wanted to move up to number three, they have to take a trade from, from the Raiders, the Arizona that is, because there could be a team like I believe Tennessee. That's the one I'm going to keep looking at. Yeah, I think Tennessee, they're that close. Right, Tennessee's and, at 11, so they'd have to really give up a lot of assets to move up right. to three. Right, and Tannehill's been so beat up, and then when he is in there, I mean, we all saw that that, that quarterfinal game right. where he threw an interception on like his thirst, first three passes, and it's just, you know, I, they they just their quarterback position has just been a bunch of overpaid or, or under – uh, understood uh, quarterbacks, and so they're for sure going to be looking for some stabilization. That's a good team to circle as a, a, a sniffer arounder in this uh, particular context. You know, and they drafted Malik Willis last year out of Liberty, but one, it wasn't this front office. It was yep. another front office, so they would have no problem saying, hey, <laughs> not on my watch. Wasn't my guy. You guys selected him, and we saw what Malik Willis, even though a rookie, what he looked like a year ago. Look, Tennessee beats Kansas City in the regular season last year if they have a quarterback that's worth the salt. But they had a guy that they didn't even trust to throw the ball. And when he did throw the ball, he looked like a shortstop throwing the ball to first base. Right? Like he was it's trying always to make, an adventure. Right. He was trying to make a, a really good play where he was, you know, the, the guy that, you know, he, he runs over way over into the hole and backhands it, yep. uh, you know, with the glove and then leaps in the air and throws it to first and it bounces a couple times before it gets there. That's what Malik Wills looked like when he was throwing the ball at times. Right? I mean, he obviously was not the quarterback and he wasn't ready to be the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Does not mean he can't develop, but also this new staff could say, yeah, he could develop, but he could develop on someone else's watch somewhere else. He don't need to develop here. I could totally see them moving on from Malik Willis and, and deciding that they, they want to trade up and go get maybe Anthony Richardson if he's available or Will Levis. That'd be a scary you know? proposition in the AFC South could you for a lot of those teams. Could you imagine Anthony Richardson and Derrick Henry? Running the zone read well, option. And you know that, you know, I don't think the Tennessee deal happens because I think Indianapolis would rather trade up one spot. This is where you could swindle Indianapolis because, yeah. you know, they they have been behind by so much. And that division is ripe for the taking. Uh, just don't ask the Jacksonville Jaguars because I think they're about to take a huge, huge step. But it's one thing to get your guy, but it's another thing to prevent one of your direct oppositions from getting that guy. Right. That's true. That's true. There's, there is something to that. Um, and, yeah, and, and look, if, if Indy tries to move up from four to three, obviously the draft capital that they're giving up is not that much, right, to move up from just one spot. So right. But it has could, to be more than what other people are offering. And so right. it might be an, an, an obscene ask, but one that they, they convince themselves that they need to make. Well, especially if, yeah, if, if Arizona can make that, that play like, oh, hey, there's teams behind you that definitely want to move up, like, you yep. know, like the Raiders at seven or uh, the Titans. Like if they could play – 
play their cards right, they could, like you said, end up with a, a bigger haul than they expected because they think that other teams are trying to trade up. Similar to what happened with Chicago when they trade up for Trubisky. Yep. There was nobody trying to trade up at that point. They moved up one spot and they gave up a lot to go I get a bum. I still can't believe they did that. <laughs> they got a bum. It's been a it's been a great uh, result for my Minnesota Vikings so far, but I think they're on a on a better path for it. I just think it'll take them a little while to get where they need to go. You know, let me ask you this because we've been talking about Will Levis, and you mentioned Minnesota, and I've actually seen oh god, the I've mocks. seen I've seen multiple people say that this could be the year that Minnesota looks to find the next guy, not Kirk Cousins. Another contract, but the next guy. Any? Well, they've been any doing thoughts? that for like three or four years, though. But it's never been a first round pick. I think the last time they spent a first round pick on a quarterback was Christian Ponder. That was <laughs> a hell of a reach. Yes. I think he was like 13th overall or something like that. That draft, all those oh. quarterbacks, it was like, wait, what? There's always one position <laughs> groups where it's just like, this is what we did. And, and the, right. you know, the few hours transpire and everybody just comes out of the haze. It's just like, this is what actually happened here. Right. But I, I wouldn't mind them going out with Will Levis. I think the, the Vikings are in a really precarious position right now because they, they did a study on the Reddit boards for the fan chatter, and I guess the most displeased fan base with the offseason so far is the Minnesota Vikings. And they had such an amazing season last year, but they've let a lot of their talent go. And in many ways, they kind of outperformed what they actually were because it was a lot yeah. of fourth-quarter comebacks, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Patrick Peterson interceptions, and he's gone now as well. And so I think they have a lot of areas of need, but there has been some chatter. There's always that link between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins that there's gonna be some sort of reunion I don't know why San Francisco wouldn't be in on Lamar personally but um you know I I wouldn't be upset if they took Levis but I also wouldn't feel that great about it but that's kind of the the fandom in general there you go. There you go. Well, Raider Nation, I mean, I know we've got multiple questions out there. We'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Are you believing the reports, or do you think it's just draft talk when it comes to Hendon Hooker being penciled in as QB3? I know my guy, Hardcore Raider, he's been calling in about Hendon Hooker for quite a while. But we are also talking about the possibility of Hendon Hooker dropping to round two. If he's QB3, guess what? He's not dropping to round two. He'd be lucky if he makes it to the end of round one if he's QB3. So we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Are you believing those rumors? What do you believe about those reports? Is Hendon Hooker potentially QB number three? Let us know. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Ron. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Well, how you doing, guys? I'm blessed. I'm going to let you know on your topic that I absolutely do not want to see a quarterback with our seventh pick. Okay. I believe that we need defense, 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 and I want to see that D-tackle right in the middle, the monster, the, the he-bull. We need that <laughs> desperately. And, you know, if they take a quarterback in the third or fourth round, I'm not going to be uh, against that. But that seventh pick. We absolutely need to get our defense back together because, you know, as they all say, defense wins championships, offense wins games. And I, that's just the way I feel about it. And then in the second round, if we could pick up a cornerback, and then in the third round, pick up a really uh, a stud linebacker somewhere in there. We need to put that defense together because we, we have Garoppolo. If he doesn't get hurt, and, and he's very serviceable. He's just as good as Carr. 
and uh, and then we we've got our backup quarterback. So I really can't see wasting that pick on a quarterback at this point in time. I really can't see it. I like it, man. Great call, Ron. It's great to hear from you. And, and there you go. You know, and it kind of, Lindsay, it reminds me of the conversation we had with Mike Girardi to start mm-hmm. the show off when we had the opening drive. And he said, hey, the people in New England, you know, Coach McDaniels and company, they all believe that they, they, could, they could win with just about any quarterback, right, as long as they give them someone that can, that can get it and figure it out between the ears, has it upstairs, they can they can win with that guy. I mean, that was one of the conversations, and it was kind of a rift that they had in New England between some of the guys that were there and some of the guys that were there. Where they were like, "Yeah, you could do that," and others were like, "No, you can't." But that's that's interesting. And and so you know, Ron saying, "Hey, no no quarterback at number seven, just go defense, defense, defense." And I think that the majority of Raider Nation would probably be okay with that. Yeah, and and it's what they've kind of laid the table out for the plan for, and and you we've we've talked about this ad nauseum, and we'll continue to going up to the draft of just how many different holes are ne- necessary to fill on the Raiders' defensive side of the ball, and and we talk about those first round picks, the sexy picks. Those are cornerbacks usually, unless you have some some world beater of of a linebacker or safety that you have to recognize their talent, but they don't have. That. That's where you can get that depth in this year's draft. We have Devontae Adams. We have uh, Third and Renfro. We have a lot of offensive weapons that don't really need to be pushed. They need to be supplemented, but not pushed. And so I, I really like what Ron had to say and a lot of what Raider Nation is bringing to our table, which is the voice of reason. <laughs> Ron, was good stuff. Thank you for that call, Ron. We do appreciate you. Mailman Raider hit us up on the WBroke.com text line. He's been very active today at 69187, keyword R&R. With how kids are more at, at, at more athletic positions like running back come back from ACLs, I think at quarterback it should be no problem at all. I'd have no problem with Hooker at seven. He'd have no problem with Hooker at seven. I don't know if it's no problem with the quarterback position because I think there's that mental switch that has to get flipped where you're not getting happy feet because you almost have to prove to yourself that your body is capable of doing the things that it previously had or at least in in your new healed way. And that's where I I think we at least I talk about with quarterbacks they see ghosts based off of previous trauma experiences because they got traced around by that one defensive lineman and now he haunts them for the rest of his days. That can happen with injuries too, like rushing throws or or not uh, hitching to a certain part of the field. But uh, based off of Hooker and, and what he's been able to accomplish in his in his college career, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I want to see if he's all of a sudden going to get some last couple week push, like some big time yeah. push, right? You know, somebody like what, has to be pushing a narrative like that agent wise. Right. I mean, it, it feels like it because, again, Mike Tannenbaum on ESPN, he was the first one that I heard him say top five pick. And I was like, nah, not for Hendon Hooker. I feel like even though I like him as a quarterback, I really, really do. I remember standing downstairs in front of my TV when he tore his ACL. I mean, I, and I identified yeah. it immediately. I was like, oh, that's terrible. He just tore his ACL. And that's before. I mean, that was before he even got off the field. I knew what happened. I rewound it a couple times. It was a wrap. I'm a, I'm a big Hendon Hooker fan, but I just don't know a couple things. His ACL tear, I don't know if that keeps him in the top five or top ten even. And then on top of that, I think there's still questions. And it's not even I think. It's I know. There's still questions about the offense that he ran at Tennessee. Right. That's not necessarily his fault, but that's what he comes from. And all I can refer to, and every analyst that we've had on talking about Hendon Hooker, refers to it the same way I do. He comes from that Josh Heupel offense. That is the same thing that Coach Bryles did at Baylor. It's that Art Bryles, basketball on grass type type feel where half the reads are done for you. 
Like, you're throwing here, you're throwing here, or you're throwing here. Like, half the field is cut off. You right. know where your reads are. And, and Hendon Hooker, he, he talked about it at the Combine. He said, hey, it's not my fault that my first read is always open, and he's always beat, you know, they're beating the defender, which he's right. He's not wrong about that. But what's going to happen? How good is he going to be when that first read isn't open? Right. Or that second read isn't open? Or even that third read isn't open? And by the way, you're in the NFL and everybody's fast. Right, and you probably don't have that much experience commanding a line or, or, or making those audibles because if you're making that first read, that means this is the exact play that you're making no matter what we see. And, and so it, it's certainly something to think about as you develop. But that's where I think a guy like him, and maybe this, in a way, his injury could serve him well in this, he needs to sit for a while. Yeah. He needs to learn. He mm-hmm. needs to to. to uh, go through those progressions and just be a sponge around these because he might be a great kid and, and show up early and, and, and stay late. But I just don't know if he has, like you said, th- those professional level reps where you you have to make those decisions and learn how to live and die by those decisions. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R, don'tbebroke.com, text line. Uh, do you consider Hendon Hooker a, 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 one of the, the top five or the top three quarterbacks, actually? You know, as these m- multiple reports are saying that he's uh, actually the third quarterback, he's ahead of Anthony Richardson, he's ahead of Will Levis. Would you slide him in there ahead of, uh, of those two guys? Let us know about that. And also, what do you not want the Raiders to do at seven? Like Ron said, don't take a quarterback, take defense. And he said, Take that big dude in the middle and Jalen Carter. He was very comfortable with taking the big D tackle in the middle. Get that big ugly out there and make that defensive line that much better. What do you not want to see the Raiders do? Hit us up and let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 422 is the time on this Friday here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Lindsey Brown in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here at the home studio. Got the Cadillac washed today. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> Fancy feaster. Cadillac was pretty dirty after the drive back from Phoenix. You did detailed? It was pretty, um, no, but the wife was pretty ashamed of me when she saw how dirty it was. She was like, what are you doing? I've got to take it to go get washed. So she she rolled out. She rolled out in the big body. Is it just dirty on the outside or do you have yeah. wrappers everywhere? No, no, no. no Okay, no. no. I, well, I don't know. I'm just no. still getting to know you, Lindsay, Q. Lindsay, Lindsay. I don't know if that's a temple in there no. or if it's a house. No, it's a temple in there. There's no there's okay. no there's no eating in the in the Cadillac. There's none of that. Got it. We went on a road trip. It's Noted. funny, when we drove to the Super Bowl, it was me and Damon and Doug did a really good job of preparing a bunch of snacks for us for the road trip. Oh my god, really? It was a big basket full of snacks. Great snacks. And I put it in the car. And it's funny, when I was putting it in the in, in the caddy, the wife says, what are you going to do with that? You're not going to let anybody eat that in there. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> These are just our travel yeah, snacks. It's something good to look at, though. So we're oh in, the, we're in the car, and DeMond says, hey, man, can you, uh, can you pull over at this gas station? And I was like, well, yeah, why? I was like, you got to go to the bathroom? He's like, no, I just want to eat some of these snacks, and I know I can't eat inside. There. Hey, at least he respects <laughs> the integrity of the vehicle. And the fearless leader. I'm terrible when it comes to but I'm just like, nah, yeah, yeah, we could do that. So we stopped for a couple of minutes, and uh, he was able to eat a snack, and then all of a sudden. But, yeah, the good thing is we had snacks for the Airbnb when we got there. So we we're still they still went to good use, but there was absolutely no eating inside the Well, and you probably the need them at the Airbnb more. 
Mark, as you know, you, you just post a podcast. Yeah. It's two in the morning. Oh, look, right. a mini bag of Cheez-Its. How convenient. And exactly. you just, that, that's a, that's a, it's a, almost a, a saving grace. There's no doubt. There is no doubt. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the inside is, is 99% of the time, like, really clean. But the outside, because of the drive back from Phoenix, was pretty bad. and Dusty. And I had I had a bunch of bird stuff on it. Like, it was, oh, there no. was something yellow on it the other day. I said, what is this on the window? It was yellow. It was bad. It was really bad. So well, I'm glad you got that all cleaned up. No doubt. No doubt. Well, again, you're in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, so it made me think of uh, the Cadillac being clean. But we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. A lot of good stuff on the text line. This one's from Charlie in Montana. It says, Q, we need to get Anthony Richardson. Your last caller, Ron, said we need defense, and I agree. Max needs help. But the Super Bowl told me it doesn't matter how good your defense is. If you have a dog at quarterback, you can win because of the way the game's set up against a defense. And that's the one thing that I will agree with because I'm the, I'm the guy. Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. We just saw a Super Bowl where Kansas City won 38-35. to 38-35, and Philly had the number one defense. Well, not number one statistical defense, but they had 70 sacks. That's all I kept talking about. 70 sacks in the regular season. And they end up losing the Super Bowl, and the defense wasn't really a big factor, right? Now, except for the penalty, right? Well, yeah, the penalty that was the only holding penalty called all game, by the way, Crazy. that was su- suspect. And then also the turnover by Jalen, the the scoop and score by Kansas City. Obviously, that was a big difference maker as well. But still, thirty eight points was was put up on the board by Kansas City somehow, some way. So that that goes to the point of Charlie in Montana. Now the question is to Charlie's point. He says. Raiders need Anthony Richardson. Is Anthony Richardson that guy that can compete with a Mahomes, with a Herbert, with a Wilson, with a Burrow, with a Allen, with a Lamar, with a Tua, you know, with the, with the, the great quarterbacks that are in the NFL. And I, I say Tua, I, I don't consider him great, but he's good enough. And he's got some good weapons in Miami if they do choose to keep him around in Miami. So there's that. Also, got another text. Uh, this is from the 707. I'm a fan of Hendon Hooker, but there's absolutely no justification for reaching for him and pick at number seven. He'll most likely be there in round two, or maybe if they want to trade back to the end of round one, if they really like him, he reminds me of Teddy Bridgewater. Whoa. Oh, boy. How dare you? Seven. Oh, I forgot the Minnesota How dare you? you. I, we Whoa. were on such a great trajectory until his knee combusted during training camp. That was awful. That was I was easy. so excited when he got that deal with Carolina, and then they just booted him after a year. I'm like, what are you doing? That's you know, why they're in the position they are right but now. But you know what, Lindsay? To be honest, I've never been a Teddy Bridgewater guy. Even when Minnesota had him. I mean, and, and, I mean, you're you're honest. Yep. He wasn't winning games with his arm. No, he he's a game, game manager. He ball off with Adrian Peterson. Yep. Right. He's a he's – a, I, I don't even want to compare him to Jimmy because I think Jimmy is able to accomplish a lot more than um, than what Teddy Bridgewater is. But I think the thing that endeared Teddy to the Minnesota fan base and every team that he's been on since is his leadership style and just how good of a, a guy he is in the locker room. And so I, that, yeah. for me, goes a lot longer than in some aspects of, of talent. Um, but not everybody feels that way. I, I think I think Teddy's a good leader. Yeah, and I, I saw how New Orleans really appreciated him while he was in that locker room there. You know, the yeah, did he go undefeated after Drew got hurt? Isn't I that ridiculous? So. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I know that you know they liked him there, and you know they have to give him a lot of credit as well because he came back from that injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, his career obviously was never the same, but he was able to turn 
one-year deals here and there into one-year deals here and there and make some more money and continue to you know stick around the NFL. So I'll give him credit for that. Uh, how about this one from the 239? I think Hooker will be a first-round pick. Great size, mobility, and accuracy. If not for the injury, I think he'd be fighting AR for the third quarterback easily. The offense style at Tennessee worries me, but he had respectable stats at a short time at Virginia Tech. We've seen quarterbacks from pro-style offenses not adjust to the NFL. Maybe a quarterback from a simple offense can adjust really well. So there's that. And I, I like him a lot, too. I really do. Again, I think that he was he was a, a quarterback that should have been in New York with the Heisman Trophy, you know, not necessarily winning it, but a finalist if he hadn't torn his ACL. Um, but that offense does concern me only because I saw that offense in a, a variation of it up close and personal. And I literally would be standing on the sidelines when I'd be there at Baylor. I'd be right there in McLean Stadium, stand on the sidelines. And there'd be times, Lindsay, when the wide receiver doesn't even come off the line of scrimmage. Really? They wouldn't even move. They would stand there because they're like, well, I'm just going to save my energy. The ball's not coming my way. Right. You, that's not going to fly in the Not NFL. my play. Right, exactly. So that I was never a big fan of that. And when you look at all the quarterbacks that came out of the Art Briles system at Baylor, none of them made it in the NFL, including RG3. He had one really good year, his rookie year, and then he tore his ACL again, and he was done. And he's been, you know, he was a backup for a while, but he was just serviceable at best. He never was who Washington thought he was going to be when they drafted him. So Great broadcaster, though. Oh, he's we fantastic on the air. Oh, he's fantastic on the air. Yeah. He, he'll be a guest on the show here, I promise you. Oh, Some, I, I don't doubt it with sometime, your connections. Sometime before the, uh, before the draft, he'll be a guest on the show. But his playing career, he, he wishes he was not broadcasting and still oh, in the 100%. NFL. Oh, 100%. So there's that. Let's go out to the phone lines, though. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Tim in Texas. Tim in the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show, Tim. Hello, how y'all doing? Ah, uh, we're blessed, Tim. So, when it comes to uh, Hendon Hooker, I'm uh, I watch when I I watched him play against when I watched him play against Georgia. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he he looked like he was seeing ghosts for real. Like uh, honestly and truthfully, I would take Dorian Thomas, Thompson Robinson. I would take uh, uh, Hayner, and mm-hmm. I would take Bennett over him. I would I only honestly and truthfully Ooh. I would. Uh, I don't. I would take all three of them over him. He, because just like you said, is one thing that I noticed when they played against Georgia. He does not know how to read defenses at all, not even a little bit. And I and and, and he do he do kind of remind me of uh he do kind of remind me of uh, uh the quarterback from Minnesota that y'all was talking about a while ago. Oh, uh, Bridgewater. Yeah, and I remember when Bridgewater came out. I remember that draft in 2014 because I wanted Carr. But when when Minnesota traded back up in the first round, I thought they was going to get their car. And instead, they drafted Teddy Bridgewater. And I like Teddy Bridgewater, but the only thing about him is, is he was so small. He was, I mean, he was little. And he looked like he really couldn't take no hit. But uh, when it comes to Hendon Hooker, I, I don't even, I mean, shoot, I wouldn't take that guy to the fifth or sixth round. Woo, there it is. Tim from Texas laying it down. It's always bigger in Texas, ain't it? That's what they say, right? It is there not a friendly place for <laughs> questionable quarterbacks today on this airwave. Uh, i tell you what, man. Tim is in there. He's in East Texas, man, a.k.a. Beast Texas. So they know their football there. Uh, you know how it goes in Texas. It's all about football. Football is king. So there he goes. Tim is not impressed with Hendon Hooker at all. And, you know, that's the thing about it. You know, is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to come in and figure out how to play a pro style and not play one where it's like, okay, here's a, you look over to the sideline, look at the flash card. Oh, it's Super Mario. Okay, I'm throwing it to my deep third. Oh, it's, uh, 
it's Luigi. Okay, I'm throwing it's it short. Luigi. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I used to crack up when I see all these little cards and all these characters on the, you know, on these cards that you see these assistant coaches holding up or these GAs oh, yeah. holding up, you know, on the sideline, and you're trying to figure out which one's really calling in the play. And I mean, it's just, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of magic tricks going on on the sidelines of a lot of these schools. And so that's that's my big question with Hendon Hooker. But his accuracy, his touchdown passes that he threw, as opposed to interceptions at Tennessee, was great. What he did to Alabama, fantastic, right? Played a hell of a game against Alabama. Let's not get it twisted. Uh, but just does it translate to the next level is always going to be the question. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R, don'tbebroke.com. Text line, we got a bunch of texts. we got some calls. Plus, we got some more sound from Todd McShay that we'll get to next here. On Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. 69187, keyword R&R, don'tbebroke.com. Text sign, you know the phone line, 702-365-9200. Appreciate everyone who's chimed in on the show throughout the course of the day today as we close out the week. Tell you what, the weather here in Vegas looks amazing. It really does. I was jealous. The wife and my dad were outside earlier just soaking in some of the sun, and I had to come inside and jump on the radio, which, of course, I love doing. But, man, it sure did look nice for them being outside just hanging out. No wind. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of dirt flying around. It was just the sun coming down. It wasn't blazing hot. It wasn't a furnace like you mentioned earlier. Just nice. Yeah, chill, the trees relax. don't stink yet. <laughs> right. The stinky trees are this close to turning stinky. I'm not looking forward to that. No, no, not at all. So it was. it's it's really cool to see this kind of uh, weather that we're having right now. And uh, it's supposed to be really nice the rest of the weekend. So excited about that. But also excited about the last, you know, 23 minutes that we have left in this show. Because Raider Nation, we want you to be a part of it. And we definitely appreciate all the feedback that we get each and every day. Uh, whether you listen to the show for a minute or for three hours, right? It doesn't matter how long it is. We appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time. Got a few texts that I wanted to get to. And uh, one is... Uh, I think Hooker will be a first-round pick. Great size, mobility, and accuracy. If not for the injury, I think he'd be fighting AR for the third quarterback easily. Uh, that's one right there. How about this? Raider J in Monterey says, and with the seventh pick, the Raiders select running back Bijan Robinson. From- oh, my goodness. <laughs> the one guy that they don't need, right? Correct. They, <laughs> they don't need a running back. But I'll tell you, uh, to our texter's point, that is a really – Really good running back. That dude is fantastic. He's next level dude. Uh, you know, if you're just looking at it as the best player on your board, he very easily could be the best player on anyone's board. Just like we talk about Jalen Carter defensively could be the best player in the draft. Bijan Robinson out of Texas literally could be the very best player. But I think it would be a very bad use of uh, resources if the Raiders were to go in that direction because they just don't need that guy. I, I see him going to a team like. Maybe Philly at 10. I think that would be outstanding. Um, I think Seattle could take him at five if they wanted to. Detroit might take him at six. A running back? He's he's more than a running back, I though. I know, Q, but this is this is the modern-day NFL. Well. Like, and le- so you're saying he's a transcendental talent. I think he's Christian McCaffrey on steroids. Okay. Okay. Well, if that – but he's not on steroids. Right. I don't want to throw it out there. Like everyone's well, no, like, "Hey, no, hold no, on, no, what do you no. know?" But if he if he's that level of talent, all right. But if he's anything less than that, that's right. a huge, huge gamble on a on a position that has been 
unfairly devalued, but this is just the, the seesaw nature of, of the of the entire sport itself. Well, I'm glad that you questioned it, though, because, I mean, plenty of people will question, you know, B. John Robinson and when he's going to get selected. And I've been saying it for the longest. I don't know when he's going to get picked. I have my gut feeling as I just rolled out a couple of them. But who knows, because of exactly what you said, the devaluing of the running back position. Todd McShay, ESPN pre-draft conference call that I was on was asked about B. John Robinson and how this will be a big test for the league to see where they are when it comes to the value of running backs. Yeah, I think it's a huge test. It's a good question because I, you know, I, I plugged him into 18 to Detroit and to be honest, like, I've got him as one of the top five players in this entire draft class. If you're just basing on skill and, and the football player. And so you know, I, I've actually, I'm just looking now, I've got him at number four behind Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. I've got Bijan number four. So, and I, I would make an argument that he's slightly, not, not significantly, but maybe slightly better as a prospect coming out than Saquon Barkley was, you know, what was it, four, four or five years ago. And Barkley was the number two overall pick. And I also would make the argument this. Like Mel and I have this conversation all the time. Mel, Mel's like never draft a running back in the first round. I think if there's an elite talent, you draft him in the first round, you get him at a cheap price, you you bring him in for the first five years when he's still has you know tread on his tires, and and then if you don't pay him the second contract, if it's astronomical and you know he's going to get to about thirty years old, which is when basically the cutoff for just about all running backs when the, the production dips. So, you know, for Bijan. It could be 18. It could be the Cowboys trading up from 26 into the teens to go get him. It could be the Chargers at 21. It's hard to find a perfect landing spot for him. Uh, but, but to me, if, if he's got similar, if not slightly better, you know, um, a skill set than Saquon Barkley, he belongs in the top five, top 10. So we'll, we'll find out a lot about how, you know, what the running back position, how it's viewed by, by NFL teams. And obviously quarterbacks are going to come off the board early. There's a lot of need for offensive tackles, cornerbacks, and edge rushers. But those guys are going to go pretty quickly. Uh, but after that, it's hard to draft a guy that you have a, a late first, early second round grade on over a, a guy who's a top five prospect on just about every team's board that I've, that I've, I've talked to. And, and with Bijan specifically, he had 91 forced missed tackles, which was the most in the FBS this past year. And he does it with a combination of power and elusiveness for a big back at 215 pounds. Then in the passing game, he, he's, he has exceptional ball skills. I, I talked to Sark earlier, earlier this year, Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of Texas, before a game, the TC game. He's like, Todd, I, I, I know you see the tape. He's like, you should see this guy catch in practice. Like, we don't utilize him as much as we probably should and trying to limit the amount of hits on him. But in the passing game, he can do things that you don't even know about. And then in pass protection, he's outstanding as well. And on top of that, his character and the energy he brings, his love for the game, like he's the kind of guy that you want in the building. And so I, it's hard to find many weaknesses in his game. And that, that's why I think he's going to be so special at the next level. Todd McShay from ESPN right there talking about Texas running back B. John Robinson. And, again, he's more than a running back. He can catch the ball of the backfield. Obviously, he can block as well. Uh, so that means he, he never has to come off the field. But at the end of the day, Lindsey, he's still, he's still a running back. And so it's going to be so many questions on what team is going to pull the trigger on him. I have him going top ten. I think that there's going to be a team that can see that value, especially a team like Seattle who has two first-round picks. 
uh, a team like Houston who picks at 12? What if they pick a quarterback and then Bijan Robinson at 12? I know they got a running back last year, but this is a different dude. Well, and Seattle's going to probably run a little bit more of a diversified offense as well with Geno Smith under center. He's just not going to be able to make the same throws as everyone. I was a huge fan of what he was able to accomplish last year, and I think that he is uh, certainly earned his spot as a starting quarterback. But, yeah, it's just it's such a big risk, but if he's that type of player, and I like what, what Todd had to say about getting him cheap as well because it's about that fifth-year mm-hmm. option that you get as a first-round pick, and if he ends up being one of those guys that carries your offense, kind of like what, what Saquon did in New York this year, where you can get that value for another season and maybe push it out, that could be everything to a, a rebuilding team or a team on the rise. Funny, we got this text from the 707. Please, dear God, do not let the Chargers take B. John Robinson. That would be bad. Yes. That, that, I feel, would be very mm-hmm. bad for us. Yep. Especially with Austin Eckler. Yes. Already trying to get out of there. Correct. And they, might, they might look and say, yeah, all right, get up on out of here. And maybe they don't even move him until after the draft, after they already secure Bijan Robinson. But, man, <laughs> could you imagine the Chargers with Bijan Robinson and Justin Herbert and the other weapons that they have and still trying to figure out that defense and get that defense solid? That would be just another huge weapon added to the AFC West. Yeah, that would be not a fun confrontation to have twice a year with them. But are, are you scared of the Chargers right now? Is there? How do you feel their trajectory is right now? I'm not. I'm not. I don't have any concern over the Chargers as far as that, like them being a threat to the Raiders. I think they have a lot of talent as a collective on their team. Do you think they, Staley's the right guy to bring it out of them? No, I don't. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sold on Brandon Staley as a head coach, and that's just because of the decisions that we've seen him make. Now he. He rolled him back and tamed him a little bit last season as opposed to the year before. But I just still don't know if everyone's on board with Brandon Staley. So uh, I'm, I'm not too sure. And then also on top of that, the Chargers always seem to find a way to kind of charge things they, up. That, you know? That's very true. I think that they are due now for a big step. I think anything less than a playoffs handily right. that he that Staley is probably gone. And just in terms of what the natural progression is with these young quarterbacks – considering what we've seen, what Patrick Mahomes has been able to accomplish, mm-hmm. what Josh Allen has been. There's going to be a, a different clock on that organization, although I think that they feel probably more lucky than most organizations because they've had – I mean, Phil Rivers was a great quarterback, but you always kind of knew he was going to get you into trouble in the moments that mattered the most. Right. And I think there's just – there's a different transcendence with Herbert. No, I agree. And I honestly thought that, that Staley was going to get fired after the collapse in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I thought they he certainly was gone, could have. and I thought that Sean Payton was going to end up in, in SoCal. I thought he was going to end up in L.A. with the Chargers. Instead, he ends up with Denver with the Broncos, which still makes me scratch my head a little bit. They deserve each other. I think that I think it's going to. I think Denver is going to get better with him. I really For do. For sure, they are. But I, I just knew, you know, if I, you let me tell someone, I thought that he was going to be in L.A. with the Chargers and Justin Herbert, but uh, that's not how it played out. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Brandon Staley, like you said, has at least this year, and then if he's not able to get it done. With having a quarterback like Justin Herbert, I believe that they will move on from him and bring someone else in. <laughs> Mailman Raider hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, uh, and I, <laughs> I laugh at this one. Q Myers from Unnecessary Roughness has confirmed from inside sources that B. John Robinson is, in fact, on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. Brilliant. That's That's exactly how that goes, too. Oh, that's 100%. Exactly how they take you right out of context I and heard, blast you on the wall. Hey, man, I heard on the radio today Q said B. John Robinson was on steroids. You know he's. You know he covered him in Texas. You know he saw him. So he, right. He's got, oh. He's, 
Oh, I could see it oh, put together. Yeah. Oh, I could hear it the already. The web of lies just being spun in front of us. I could hear it already. That's exactly why I said it was immediately afterwards. Just kidding. No, I don't mean he's on steroids. Steroids. I just mean he's that good of a player. He's just an even better, healthier Christian McCaffrey. That's probably how I should have said it. Sir Whiskey Ray, hit us up. Don't be broke. Dot com. Text line six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R. Happy Good Friday to everyone out there listening to today's show. Speaking of clean cars, Q. I want to bring up what is. What uh, took place last night, I did a late-night McDonald's run with the beautiful Miss Sir Whiskey, Anastasia, for Chocolate Sundays, and she had the audacity to order a hamburger. Ooh. Guess, guess what I did? I asked politely to roll down the window and have her hold the bag outside <laughs> as I didn't want that burger smell in my new car. What oh. can I say? I'm just keeping it real and got to keep the ride nice and clean. Anywho, leaving today's Gentleman's Club luncheon and wanted to check in with you guys. Have a great upcoming weekend, Sir Whiskey Ray. There There's is, so many layers to that. Text. Yeah, there is. There, <laughs> There is a distinct stench that comes with fast food, though, yeah, there that, is. that will stick wherever it was for longer than 10 minutes if, if you're not careful. So I, I support the the hustle that is the protection of the vehicle. But I'm a huge fan of their late night decision, though. I, w- I would like more information on the order as well, because that's what's truly important in my life. I love the fact that he said, I politely said, roll down the window and hold the bag out of the window. That's awesome. I could totally see myself doing that. You can have like a, a, a little, um, what do we call it, what, that we put outside our doors to like scrape our feet up against before we go inside i could see you laying one of those out before somebody gets in your car that's funny yeah the, uh, the little i know what you're talking yeah. about the little they're like Get a little step stool out yeah, there yeah, making yeah. a vip experience well i i got uh for the car i made sure that my my floor mats were rubber instead of cloth sure because the, rub, the rubber ones are easier to clean. The yep. cloth ones, once they're done, they're done. It's funny, my mom, and maybe this is where this came from, she actually turned her cloth ones upside down. Yeah. So it was carpet on carpet, and then the rubber was, you know, so you could put your feet on the rubber. Sure. Tell so me this. When you're on a road too. trip with Damon or otherwise, what's the uh, what's the auditory ambiance? Are you a music guy? Are you listen to your own podcast because you got to study and get better? Like, what's what's the vibe? No, you know, um, I listen to I listen to sports radio for a while. Mon- you know, listen to the station while we can. Then that then we're out of the area. So then I try to surf through the stations for for uh, some sports stations, depend- especially depending on what's on, if I want to hear some games. And then, depending on where I'm headed, right, if I'm headed to L.A., then I have Nipsey Hussle on. Sure. Right, because, I mean, that's an L.A. Yep. guy, so I got to put Nipsey on. When I was headed to Phoenix, it was more of the Pandora Bay Area hip-hop. Okay. So I just kind of put in the, the Bay Area tracks, and, and I'm listening to everything that I really grew up on uh, in the Bay but like I said, if you're on the way to L.A., it's it's basically Nipsey Hustle or nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's a it's, good choice. Yeah, so you kind of get in the zone, especially especially when you're riding with Demond, because Demond's going to be one of those that falls asleep a few minutes after you guys get driving anyway. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't spent that type no, of time no. with you guys if, yet. If, if it's a five hour drive, which it basically was on the Super Bowl trip from Vegas to Phoenix, it was a five hour ride. Damon was asleep for at least three hours. Really? Oh, at least. I couldn't sleep in the car like that. I, I can't really sleep upright. I got too long of limbs. It's like folding. <laughs> well, you uh, know Damon's yeah. not very. He don't have I know. Limbs. That's what I mean. He just kind of nestles himself in there, <laughs> get a little blanky action, and it's uh, it's practically a hammock. He had a pacifier, you know. He oh, had, guy, yeah. He had his little blankie. 
I think he had his little stuffed animal that he rolled up with. I mean, he was good to go, man. He was good to go. But you know the one thing he didn't have? Everything he had on the trip to Phoenix, you know what he didn't have? What? The one thing he needed, an ID. Stop it. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. He you forgot heard his ID. No. no, he didn't forget his ID. He didn't have an ID. He lost it. And he, and he, he didn't de- get a new one. No, he decided he was going to take a whole trip from oh, Vegas to Phoenix to the God. Super Bowl <laughs> to pick up your credential with no ID. No ID. Who does that? I don't know. Somebody who's very ill-prepared. Yes. So we get, to the, we get there on Sunday. No, no joke. We get there, oh. and this is just the, the I'm trying to be responsible adult, I guess, in the room of me. So we're walking to the credential office, and I look at him and say, hey, you got your uh, wallet and your ID on you, right? And he says, no. Oh, and so I start laughing. God. I start laughing because he's joking, right? Of course he's well, joking. Yeah, because so what said, an irresponsible decision right. for him to make. So I said, wait, <laughs> you, you're serious, right? You do have your ID. You can't pick up your credential without an ID. And he's like, no, I lost it. And then at that point, I began to lose it. And I was like, wait, hold on. What do you mean? You lost your ID and you drove or you rode five hours? And you're just telling me this now. Right. Like you where you couldn't call was... ahead and say, hey, I got to vouch for my boy here. He forgot his ID. This is like right. you're walking into this situation completely blind. Yes. So I said, dude, you can't pick up your credential without an ID. I mean, it's just it's not going to work. And he says, I'll, I'll just wing it. I was like, dog. He's you an can't, incredible human being. You can't wing it. This is not a <laughs> wing it type situation. Like, I'm all for winging it, right? Look, I've, I've found myself in some weird situations that I've been able to, you know, work out. Yeah. One way We're or the just other. going with the flow because yeah. sometimes it leads you to good things. Going with the flow yeah. and going to the Super Bowl and picking up your credential is not happening. So we walk in the building and every, every wall that has a wall is saying there's a sign that says no ID, no credential. No credential without government-issued ID. It says it on every stinking wall. Oh, my So I just point at him. I didn't even say nothing. I just point at all the walls, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, hey, man, I don't know what to tell you, but you're here, and you're going to be in Phoenix for a week, and you're, you're not going to be able to work because you can't get to oh Radio Row without your, your credential. So only because we're a few minutes late, we walk into the credential office that was meant for vendors, and we're not vendors. We're media, but the media had closed already. We were a couple minutes late. So I didn't realize that. I just walked up, and the lady said, hey, step to the red line. So I've never experienced that before. I was like, all right. So I do that, and she says, oh, Keont Myers. And I said, okay. And then he walks up to the red line to Mon Cotton. They had facial recognition. Oh, so the lady, the lady pulls up our credentials with facial recognition and then says, oh, you guys aren't vendors. You guys are media. Your office is already closed. You'll have to come back tomorrow pick up your credential. So I said, all right, well, okay. And then the other lady says, well, they're already here. I'll just go get it. So she Look walks that. She walks and goes and gets our credentials. So we both get them. And he obviously works all week long. So he doesn't learn it's, that you it really do. It figured itself yeah, out, Yeah, he, he winged it, and he won. <laughs> yep. He so he won. didn't learn. Yeah. But no. oh, well. So that was the story of Damon and, uh, and his no ID. But before we go, there's a text from the 707 I wanted to pass along. Before the show is over for the week, I got to give Lindsay her props. She knows her stuff and is pretty funny, too. I wasn't sure how it'd go, but it feels like you guys have good on-air chemistry, almost like you've worked together before. So props to you, Lindsay, from the 707. Thank you very much. It's easy to work with a talent such as you, Q. Appreciate everyone. Well, you did a great job, and thank you, Raider Nation, for all the feedback all week long, and have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday on Raider Nation Radio 920.
stay locked in with all your favorite Raider Nation radio shows from anywhere. We're committed to doing whatever it takes to win.